and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. And we begin. It is the Brad and Brit cast. We're glad you're with us here. <clears throat> Our second one for this week. That was the Joe Biden cough there. Did you notice that? Where <laughs> you're just talking and you give a, <clears throat> and you keep talking. You notice that? Nice. They think they people think that's a death rattle when he does that. They think that that's proof that he's got um, you know, five days to live or something. But it's not true. It, right. It, it happens with all of us who are over thirty. So it's true. Uh, just disregard it. Just and, and I guess I should say right now, if you hear all kinds of uh, extraneous noises or whatever, uh, I'm working under uh, less than ideal conditions today. Just outside of my window, outside of my house, on this, AT&T has hundreds, oh, I don't know if it's hundreds, it's a lot of people all up and down my street and in my neighborhood, and they are digging deep and they're laying some new pipe in the words of Hugh Hefner. Um, you see what I did there? That's not uh, at all. Any, anyway, they're, they're tearing up everybody's yards, and it's, it's, a, it's a mess. So they make a lot of noise. For some reason, our dog, T-Berry, hates AT&T. And by the way, that's like everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Cruz. Sure. Everybody hates, everybody hates Trump. So everybody hates AT&T, and now I really hate them. Okay. <laughs> so T Berry um, will be uh, saluting yeah, the good people at AT&T. There he is from time to time, yeah. talking about what a great job they're doing and what a wonderful yep. company they've been all these years. Right, right. Okay. So they now, split that what, company. Were they going to split that company up or something? Didn't today, we? well, actually, I think today is the day they made some kind of announcement of which yeah. is very technical, and uh, it, for for all the shareholders of which I am not one anymore. Thank God. Right. Not, not to be confused with. Do you wonder why Brad switched guys that he uh, has do? Because the other guy loved AT and T, and I didn't like that. And huh. you know what? I stand by it. Turns out I'm right. But that's Good a little personal, isn't it? Isn't it's, that a little bit personal? It's perfectly yeah. fine. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. AT and T down another four percent today on that. <laughs> um, it's a piece of. It's, it's fuck. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Really? Um, yeah. A anyhow. Uh, I would like to uh, broach a subject we don't often talk about here in any kind of detail. We just make smarmy uh, references to it. Sometimes we, we dive in and then we get right back out of the pool. But it just seems you just can't get away with Holocaust references, analogies, and metaphors, mostly almost exclusively done by Republicans these days in all kinds of different forms. Now, we'll get to the, the current moment in a second. Mm -hmm. But we know what the old thinking was on this. It was based on Godwin's Law, which is any online discussion, which eventually quickly became any discussion about anything, anywhere, anytime, uh, that deteriorates down to the level of someone hurling the Nazi card at someone else, calling them a Nazi or invoking the Holocaust, of course, to say your policy is like, blah, it's over. Discussion's over and, and the call and the, uh, and the thread. And, and, you know, that's about more than 20 years old, that, that thing. Sure. And that's one of those things that it, it kind of is cute. 
sounds reasonable. And for the most part, if you live by that, you'd be okay. Sure. <laughs> the T-Berry agrees. Um, <laughs> but I would like to make a case here because the defense of what all these Republicans or idiots are doing, the uh, idiot who's not a Republican who's in the news right now, and this is Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Okay, she said something just stupid as shit. Mm -hmm. uh, the Holocaust wasn't about race. Mm -hmm. It was about just people being mean to each other. So she got tagged for that and went crawling to Stephen Colbert's show on Monday night and claimed, I'll never talk about it again. You see, that's not the, that isn't the answer. The answer is don't ever talk about the Holocaust. Just don't make stupid remarks that are ignorant about it if you know nothing about it. And by the way, I think one of her punishments should be she should have to turn in that name Goldberg that she uses, okay? Yeah. You have no right, you have no right to call yourself Goldberg because that's not her That's not her born name, right? Karen, I think, Karen, I think Karen Wheeler is her actual uh, right. name, Christian name, I whatever you want to call it. All right, so speaking on behalf of all Jews, we're taking back the Goldberg. Okay, we're, we're, we're taking back the Goldberg. You can have Wiener Schnitzel or something like that, whatever you want. Uh, but that's just uh, exhibit A in recent moments. Then we have uh, Lara Logan, who was a star reporter, made it all the way to 60 Minutes, was doing well. And then suddenly she lost her fucking mind. She went nuts. And uh, about a month ago or so, she decided to go all in and say that Dr. Fauci was, in effect, the equivalent of Dr. Joseph Mengele, mm -hmm. the the uh, the Nazi doctor who did experiments on on prisoners and twins and horrible things. You know, he's just you say the name and you know what you're you're getting there. And she compared Fauci and his attempt to uh, apparently force at gunpoint uh, everyone in the world to get a vaccine. It was just idiotic. So what happened? Her, uh, well, she's been long gone from CBS. She'd been gone from there for, for doing dumber shit than that, even possibly years ago. Uh, but her talent agency dropped her a couple weeks ago. And even worse, she's been ghosted by Fox. She is, she is gone. She's toast. You have to be pretty bad to be tossed off of Fox for saying things that, initially usually are never pushed back on in the original segment right when she said that was there a big pushback at that moment no of course not it, it took a while for it to get out there and then over the weekend and by the way this is these are just three examples you had uh, governor ron desantis uh -huh. the trump wannabe who is being tagged rightfully so because on saturday i guess about 20 nazis stood along the boulevard in Orlando hurling anti-Semitic invective through a bullhorn at people passing by. Just just un, just the, the worst shit you could ever imagine. Just trying to disrupt everything. It was immediately denounced by anybody who's decent. So, of course, that did not include Ron DeSantis. He ignored it. He ignored it all day Saturday. He ignored it all day Sunday. And finally, on Monday, he stepped forward with an unbelievable 
non-acknowledgement of how stupid and, and off-key he is by ignoring this, by saying, the Democrats are trying to smear me. Of course, he should have said, they're trying to smear me. <laughs> see what I did there? But he didn't do that. You see, Britt, we, we can do that because I'm a Jew. Um, That's correct. You have license. Right. And he accused the Democrats of trying to use this terrible, terrible incident to tar him. So he takes the Trumpian, everything is all about me, to kind of a new level, don't you think? This was not all about you. Even the, your, your, your fellow Republican cohort in Florida, piece of shit Rick Scott, yeah. knew what to say and said the right thing. And, and denounced it and said there's no place for this in Florida. And if DeSantis would have said that, it would have been it. It would have been done. Uh, yeah, done. Well, the authorities will uh, take uh, measures to to uh, handle this. But for, all right, on and on again. You could, you could come up with a million examples here in the last week. Oh, you want another? Oh, I know. You wanted another one. Uh, here we go. Remember that idiot uh, Massey, Tom Massey, the guy from Kentucky. Kentucky. I think he's the one that posed with his family all holding guns, guns yeah. as as their Christmas cards. Well, let's see. Um, he was quoting over the weekend <clears throat> uh, Voltaire, or so he thought. <laughs> and he used the uh, quote he thought was from Voltaire that says, to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize you mustn't question fauci for he is science massey wrote sneeringly alongside the image in a reference to dr anthony fauci <clears throat> director of the national institute of allergy and infectious diseases well it turns out that that quote is not from voltaire and he put it in a meme turns out it was from a guy named kevin strom not related to Thurmond. That's yeah. his last name. Uh, he is described by the Southern Poverty Law, Law Center as a dogmatic neo-Nazi, was convicted of child porn back in 08, did a couple years in prison, and that's his quote. <laughs> okay, so Massey quotes a neo-Nazi, or a Nazi. Well, I think we should drop the neo anymore, don't you think? Uh, <laughs> and attributes it to the world-famous uh, Voltaire. Um, American Jewish Committee responded, noting it was said by this guy named Strom. They called on him to delete it. We expect better of our representatives in Congress. All right, the American Jewish Committee is wrong. We don't expect any better from our representatives in Congress anymore, do we? Do we? No, do we? No. I don't, why, I don't, why I don't think we? we do. But Why would we? Okay. All right. Um so, so we've taken on, you on, on a tour uh, from Blippi Goldberg all the way to Tom Massey. Yeah, right. All right, so here's the point. Here's the point. One of the sweeping justifications or defenses of what's going on right now in terms of mostly Republicans plus Whoopi Goldberg, and there are other lots of other Republican examples I can come up with. There are two. Number one, what about the Democrats? They have Elon Omar. In, in, in the House of Representatives, they have uh, uh, Rashida Khalid, you know, uh, the, the squad. Blah, blah. What about them? Why aren't you talking about them? Uh, that's the first one. And then the other one is 
there's never been in the history of the United States a four-year period where someone was called a Nazi more than Donald Trump. No. So you have nothing to say now about what's going on right now in terms of, say, comparing Anthony Fauci to Joseph Mengele. And in, in the broadest sense, there might be some technical truth to that because no. it is true. I think we call Donald Trump uh, uh, Nazi-like or using the techniques of, of uh, but, Hitler a lot. Let me, uh, allow, me to, allow me to under to explain why. Because he often excused, as he did in Charlottesville, the behavior of actual Nazis. That's why right. he was compared to Nazis. Because, well, again, while not all Trump voters and Trump fans are Nazis, all Nazis are Trump fans. If you may use the logical thing, that that's what happens. Well, I, I, I think you just built the first block of of this. Let me let me add on um, what I think is an intelligent nuance of the difference between four years of calling Donald Trump a Nazi and what's going on right now. Because when you or I or, or other would call Donald Trump a Nazi, everyone knew that we did not mean that we were weeks, days, maybe months from a meeting where it would be decided that millions of Jews in the United States would be rounded up and murdered like Nazi Germany in the 40s mm -hmm. under Hitler. That's, that's not what we ever thought. And I believe this and now, actually, I believe it more today than, than actually 24 hours ago as I learned more. What we were always saying about Donald Trump was that he was using the techniques of Hitler yeah. and his rise to power and his disdain for democracy and his thirst to be the permanent leader of his country. Uh, maybe the Fifth Reich. I don't know what you would have called it here had, had, had Trump succeeded. And, of course, the story is not finished yet. But I think there's a big difference between that, because remember, every president, even before Trump, was always called a Nazi. You can look up, if you look up George W. Bush with Hitler mustache, you'll find the pictures. If you look up Barack Obama with a Hitler mustache, they'll find you the pictures, Right. Mm -hmm. and, and therefore, it doesn't wash to try to excuse what's going on right now um, by saying that, well, Trump was the biggest victim of this, so shut up, okay? Because Godwin's law, if it hasn't been officially repealed, ought to be right now. We ought to just get it over with. But you got to be correct. And um, in, in preparing for today's podcast, it's hard to believe I actually did did some some preparations here. Um, I read a great piece. It was written just a month ago, at the beginning of, of January, in The Nation. And you want the comparison that may be more illustrative of what's been going on in the country the last few years. And, and, and you and I, were not the only ones who have said along the way, there are certain things that are reminiscent of Germany in the 1930s when, when they would happen between alternative facts, um, the Muslim ban, 
the call for violence at public gatherings. That was all, you know, you can look it up, but it's true. Also, the incidents of violence against Jews over the past five years has been ramped up dramatically for some strange, odd reason. Brit, that's that's just a wonderful side effect. Okay, no, but it wasn't the point. It's just one of those bonuses. Okay, don't question the bonus. Right, 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 right. Um, So it it was it was kind of a brief history of what happened in in uh, uh, Nazi Germany and the rise of Hitler in a way that I'd never seen it um, explained. And here it is: the famous uh, beer hall pooch, which was a young Adolf Hitler's attempt to upset the apple cart, so to speak, 1923, it didn't work. It didn't work. All right. Now put that alongside of January 6th, 2021. And guess what? It didn't work, did it? Mm -hmm. So what happened to Hitler right after that? He was arrested and he was convicted. And so were the people around him. Hitler went to jail for nine months, and the Nazi party spent the rest of the 1920s treading water, going nowhere. They never could get more than 1% or 2% in any election. In other words, Hitler was squashed, okay? It wasn't until the Great Depression in 1929, when the economy of Germany went upside down, that Hitler was able to make more ground and appeal as the uh, populist thug that he was with all the hints that he was dropping about what he would do if he ever became the the leader of, of Germany. Um, but the, the, the broad point is, it, it's almost a 10-year gap between his original move to try to seize power in 1923 and him becoming chancellor in thirty three. Okay, that's a t- now. We're a long way from ten years from now, but at this moment, although things are happening very quickly on the legal front, and we're learning that, as always, it isn't just bad; it's worse than we ever thought. I mean, n- now we now know that that Trump tried a, a tried th- three strikes and he was out. He tried the Justice Department. He tried the Department of Homeland Security. Right. And uh, what was the third? And and um, William Barr himself. I mean, he went over and over and over again to uh, different agencies to see who would try to do his dirty. He went to the Pentagon. Will you seize the the voting machines? He went to all three: Homeland Security, the Pentagon, and the Justice Department. All of them said no. And so, therefore, he got to January sixth, and and Trump wasn't reinstalled as president. But we're a year later, and Trump is still running around. And over the weekend, he planted all those those seeds as if nothing in the past had ever happened. And he's just starting from ground zero again. If if I get prosecuted, take to the streets. Take take to the streets. Um, so we're in a very perilous moment. And we talked about this at the end of the previous podcast. The, the shocking percentage of people in this country who are fully, 100% disengaged and ignorant of what's going on or have been spun into believing that Donald Trump is a, a, a victim 
of everything that's going on around him, it's pretty high. It's too damn high. It's enough to be really, really distressed over the occurrences that we're seeing right now. So that's my, so my thesis is that no direct Holocaust comparisons are just idiotic. Okay. There is nothing like the Holocaust as it, although you could say what the guy did in uh, Cambodia, Paul Pot, right. Didn't he march a couple million people uh, to their deaths out of, right. sure. but, but, again, and, and you could use that word, what, what Mao Zedong did in, in China, you know, tens of millions of people killed Stalin, but, um, the the Holocaust in Europe, in Germany, in Poland, where the concentration camps were mostly set up, th- that's a unique circumstance. And you should just leave the word alone. Don't go for it. It doesn't work. It's not helpful. But uh, Donald Trump, Hitler-like in his thirst for absolute power at any cost and an overthrowing of the government as we know it right now, the 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 system that is set up. I think it's a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. I think it's not crazy at all. And uh, I, I guess the, the wiggle out of it is going to be to conflate calling someone like Donald Trump a person who is using Nazi Hitler-like techniques of propaganda and calling for violence and racism with the Holocaust itself. They're doing, they're conflating those and saying, you can't say this because that's the same as that. And no, I say it is not. I rest my case. Well, the um, this is one where the media always does the, the both sides argument. Well, these people, lazy, say, lazy, lazy. these people say that Biden is like a Nazi because he's making you wear a mask. And these people say Trump is like a Nazi, so they're right. both the same. It's Brit, exactly yeah. the Democrats and Republicans are exactly the same. Sorry, you're you're only a hundred percent right yeah. because uh, what we just talked about for the last fifteen minutes does include the get out of jail free card yeah. for the uh, the Fox types and the Trumpers, and it's spelled Whoopi Goldberg. What about Whoopi? How come you didn't say anything about Whoopi? We fucking did say, so shut up. We're busy not getting a pass. She, she, anytime you would it. have uh, Ted Nugent say something about trying to kill Hillary Clinton or something like that, as time would go on, they would bring up Kathy Griffin. What about Kathy Griffin? You know, they would do, it, would, it was always, there was always some sort right. of shit. Like, this side does this, this side, they're the same. So it's not. The original right. sin of the Trump administration when he was originally, when he was sworn in, was Charlottesville, and it was excusing the behavior of Nazis. That's what he did, and they it, it took him three shots at that before he finally condemned Nazis, which used to be automatic in this country, as you say. It used to be I, something that wasn't hard. I I think that while that's uh, technically true, I I think your your the timing. Remember, that's that's almost a full year into his first term. Right? That's in, the summer of 2017 and a half year, that campaign leading up to the election of 2016 was full of moments that in retrospect would make Charlottesville almost inevitable between that announcement. And I remember there, you know, there's video of it. Um, 
where kind of out of nowhere, he called a, a, a press conference and he read off a piece of paper. It was the I, Donald J. Trump, call for the immediate ceasing uh, uh, of, of Muslims into the country. Remember that? I love those. Those were great. Right. right. But but that was already and that was during the campaign. That was already a, uh, a big fat flare. Um, I mean, if you want to go back course, to the original, the original racism was, of course, challenging Barack Obama's birth certificate and saying he wasn't. I mean, there was there was racism, obviously. That was I'm sorry, got, to that. Uh, I'll see you and raise you. His original public racism uh, right. was the Central Park Five, Five yeah, yeah, accusing. So that was like thirty years ago. So Wait, what, the guy's a veteran. He's a veteran at this. When he He's when he veteran. got into office and he started excusing the behavior of Nazis and he started minimizing that, which is exactly what they did. And by the way, on several public forums when he excused their behavior they took it as an attaboy they they would show them going well that was nothing he didn't rebuke us at all he does love us even though he would say and then eventually you get to during the debates proud boys stand back and stand by that was another great one that he did and those guys are fucking nazis in and of themselves if you see them in the, that footage uh, of january the 6th 2021 with their paramilitary gear and all that shit it certainly looks like uh I don't know, third right guys trying to stormtroopers trying to storm into the United States Capitol. So, yes, of course, uh, a couple of as we clean up a couple of points here and go back and pick through the ruins of uh, of, of of your tour de force. I love DeSantis saying it's just unfair for the, the Democrats. It's just unfair for them to use this against him. It's not right. This motherfucker uses any tool in the shed to bang on Joe Biden or any Democrat he possibly can every single time. If an alligator takes a shit on the side of A1A, he'll somehow blame that on Joe Biden. Here he is crying that the Democrats are using this. He'll fundraise off it. He, has he fundraised? all that Brandon shit. He'll do anything to bang a Democrat, but it's just not right for them. They need to play fair, Brad. It's very important that the Democrats play fair when they criticize Ron DeSantis. Give right. me a freaking break. Well, he's yeah. Uh, I, I, I think to, to close out this this uh, brilliant brilliant dissertation here, um, as we can look back over the, the let's call it the six-year period here, it, it all fits together, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it all fits together, and there's never an off-ramp. It never stops. It never goes away. It, it only gets worse, and you know we're, we're at the moment, kind of right now, this, this very perilous moment where decent Americans are depending, we are depending on the system right. to work and to work well, and to start prosecuting, and to start convicting people around Donald Trump, and eventually Donald Trump himself. Uh, to speak positive about what's been going on recently, Donald Trump is always his own worst enemy. He's always his own worst enemy, right? And, and he's always, you've heard this 8 million times, Trump is the guy who has decided that his technique is to tell you what he's going to do, do it, and then say, fuck you, do something about it, all right? And that that could be whether he's buying a wrench at Home Depot, which is, I'm going to go into Home Depot. I'm going to take a wrench. I'm not going to pay for it. Do something about it, okay? Hmm. And and nobody will do something about it. They'll say, well, it's not important enough. It's only a wrench kind of thing. 
And, and so that's his whole life, right? That's, that's everything that, that he's ever done. And, and so at this moment, he is, I would hope, if he has any kind of, of, of brain matter, I hope he is scared shitless because five ways from Sunday, the evidence is now there. It's all out there. It isn't about getting him to appear in front of the Congress in a few weeks personally. It isn't about whether Mark Meadows or Steve Bannon appear. They got it. They've got everything they need. They, they got it all. This story that uh, was, was broken yesterday that Trump, and, and, and we, we always talk about him as this mob boss kind of figure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that he's so unsophisticated that when the shit hit the fan and I referenced Richard Nixon who four years, five years after Watergate said I should have burned the tapes I told Haldeman to burn the tapes and Haldeman said it's probably not a good idea so we didn't burn the tapes, I should have burned the tapes. So Trump not being a student of history has apparently enough documents that are written on paper, and he knows that you're supposed to preserve them for the National Archives. So he he apparently just r- ripped them up like this, okay? And, and the uh, National Archives, with a ready supply of uh, scotch tape, scotch tape, I'm holding up some scotch tape, can actually put them back here. So he didn't rip them up into like a million little pieces. He just probably ripped them once in half. Which is what you do when you're firing someone. Hey, get the fuck out of my office. You know, rip a piece of paper. Here's and, the funny, and here's Trump, a, here's the funny thing about the White House. I think they have those paper shredding machines that all the no, kids are using. Apparently not. No, they don't. Too high tech for it. Um, <laughs> it it's so delightful and, and so ignorant and so stupid. And I'm not saying, gee, I wish Donald Trump was just a little bit smarter. He could have shredded things that maybe would be incriminating and he'd get away with it. No, this is not like Nixon and and the tapes, okay? Because that really was the thing that, that put everything over the edge, okay? And I, I'm sure that there's not one document we're talking about right now that's coming over from the National Archives, not one that Trump could have ripped in half that uh, if it wasn't put back together, would have been the one that, that killed it, would have been the smoking gun. So it's not a perfect comparison, um, but I like it. I like it. And, and if you were in Trump's position in the White House and the walls were closing in and you had a stack of documents on paper that had not been memorialized uh, you know, electronically and you really wanted to get rid of them, the last thing you would do is just rip them in half and put them in the wastebasket, right? You, you just wouldn't do it. You be how stupid can you be? You can't be any dumber than that. That's kind of the, the irony is that that when uh, Nancy Pelosi ripped up his speech that time, he was doing the exact same thing to documents inside the White House using her technique. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the great things. He just rips them up, and then they go, "Oh, you know what? Ah, I guess we can't look at those. They've been ripped up." Oh no! Well, as you point out, they have this this product from 3M called Scotch Tape that somehow puts the well, documents back together well, again. And wait a minute! You just brought up a good what aboutism. Well, how come they didn't uh, accuse her of destroying evidence? That's what correct. about her? Why don't they? What about they tape his speech back together? What about that? that would be yeah. some great what aboutism. Uh, yeah, yeah. The story about the seizure of the voting machines, the details on this really, this is where, again, heaven is in the details on this thing. And there's so many great details. Apparently the guy, even crazy ass 
out of his mind, unbelievably nuts, Rudy Giuliani said no to the idea of the military seizing the voting machines. He was the guy, as Sidney Powell and some of these other people would say, why don't we just get the troops to march in there with guns, grab the machines? And even Rudy Giuliani said, no, that's, that's, we can't, that's just too nuts even for me, which I think is great that somehow well, Rudolph Giuliani is the yeah. voice of reason there. Right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but one moment yeah. of sanity yeah. in a sea of sickness <laughs> does not save you from drowning. So he, he doesn't, he doesn't get to, to, uh, to, to use that. Um, as any kind of uh, defense, because I mean, this is the guy that went around the country testifying falsely about local elections. Uh, you know, remember he would fly in, he would swoop in, yeah, and then they had the that that picture of him with the with the fucking dye dripping down his head. That's right. his that's his epitaph picture, it's, right? It's that's going to be the one. And when they when they, they publish the, the obituary in the New York Times, that is the picture they they should be required to use that picture. I don't give a shit. About, it shouldn't be some nine eleven thing where he's marching around the streets of people following him. It should be well, that one. That's the one it should be. Right. Well, the the Times will definitely they will take the high road. If Giuliani died tomorrow, they would use the picture of him as mayor of New York. Yeah. Twenty years ago, they they yeah. would do that because it is you know it's it's a New York they do that just out of general courtesy but that wouldn't that wouldn't absolve giuliani nor would it prevent them using the picture elsewhere in the, in the obituary which i i assume that giuliani is of the age now that they've already pre-written one for him. Oh, sure yeah absolutely however there's got to be a lot of empty space a lot of empty pages donald trump white pages of paper okay for them to add more if they if they need to because his story isn't over with either one of the one of the things in the New York Times piece about this uh, voting machines deal is the guy who was kind of the mastermind of this thing becomes this Svengali-like figure named Phil Waldron. Did you read about this guy from somewhere in Shithead, Texas? He owns a yeah. distillery or something, and he would come up with PowerPoint presentations. And it was it they did like an essentially at the White House they had an open casting call of all of the batshit ideas that would allow them to destroy American democracy and steal the election. And Phil Waldron said. I'm your boy. And he would have a PowerPoint uh, display ready to say, well, you could do, you could have the military do it. You could have Homeland Security do it. You could have various, the Department of Justice could go in. And everybody, again, this is how close we were to losing everything. Uh, if you would have had some dumbass that would have went along with the plan and said, okay, as it turns out, Cuccinelli over there, I guess Cuccinelli was at Homeland Security, and he goes, that's 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 stupid. Now, I think it was a non-starter in and of itself at the Pentagon, and nobody at the Pentagon went, hmm, maybe you've got a point. Uh, and the Department of Justice was built, Bill Barr was like, no, we're not, we're not doing, or uh, it, it, it was unbelievable what happened there, that they were just kind of shutting, shutting it down. But again, if you have one sympathetic ear, and you have one guy say, well, yeah, let's march in and grab the machines, then... America is pretty much over. And they did point out that uh, Mike Pence could have overturned the election. That's one of the, the quotes from Donald Trump in that Conroe, Texas freak show over the weekend. This is one of my favorites, though. You had the battle of the crazies, people on one side, people on the other side. And, and these people were desperately trying to get their ideas, their crazy batshit ideas through to Donald Trump. But they were getting cock blocked because Mark Meadows would turn into literally a goalkeeper. It says... 
when Mr. Flynn, Ms. Powell, and Mr. Byrne, this is some of the crazy-ass lawyers, arrived at the White House to discuss their plan to use the military to seize voting machines, they were not let into the Oval Office by a typical gatekeeper like Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows was there, and he would go, no, 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 no. You guys go ahead to the vending machines, well, grab your, wait, wait, grab wait, your wait. White House M&Ms, and get out of here. Well, wait a minute, then. Shouldn't he be more than happy to... Should speak be. that truth should to the country and testify yeah. in public about that because that sounds like the I should be being thanked. I shouldn't be being I shouldn't be subpoenaed. Well, I shouldn't be charged with that. I didn't look, I stopped the right. So there's a for, there's a disconnect there between for, yeah, that's another one of those that, that might be that, true, but that, that doesn't absolve him from all the other shit, right? Well, that particular story that I'm just showing now to people that are watching, Trump gave a million bucks to Meadows' nonprofit weeks after the January 6th panel's creation. So if you, if you, that Donald Trump is doing favors for Mark Meadows, so he'll shut the fuck up uh, in one way or the other. So anyway, these people were still able to get into the Oval Office and to see Donald Trump, not through promises of food, although if you wave a whopper at him and he smells it, he'll probably let you in there. Mr. Trump's chief of staff, of course, wouldn't let him in. Rather, they were escorted in by this guy named Garrett Ziegler, a young aide to another Trump advisor, Peter Navarro. Of course, Peter Navarro's name comes up time and time and again as another batshit crazy guy who was just feeding all kinds of nonsense to Donald Trump. Ziegler, Garrett Ziegler says, I waved in General Flynn and Sidney Powell on the Friday night of the 18th for which Mark Meadows revoked my guest privileges, Ziegler said in a podcast, adding that he was frustrated with the current counsel Mr. Trump was getting. Even Mr. Giuliani, who had spent weeks peddling some of the most outrageous claims about election fraud, felt the idea of bringing in the military was beyond the pale. So if you come there and you can't get in, Brad, you can't get into the Oval Office to see the most powerful man in the world, there's always some shit-faced, freckle-faced asshole over here who gets Peter Navarro coffee and sandwiches he'll let you into the oval office but eventually mark meadows goes why did you do that ziggler fuck you you're not allowed in anymore get out of here so again this is uh, as they continue to try to subvert democracy and steal the election they were still what we really banked on and what really has saved our company our, our country in addition to one or two brave people standing up is their complete and total incompetence their inability to do anything correctly. If they would have been one-tenth of a teaspoon of more competence among these people, I don't know where we would be as a country right now. I have no idea where we would be as a country, and I don't know if we might even be embroiled in a civil war at this point, if these guys would have had any kind of effectiveness or any kind of, uh, uh, any, any kind of but, competence. But, but, but think about what you're saying, which is, which is correct, but that's not something that you want to hang your second hat on, okay? No. no. I, uh, because, you know, if, if every attempted coup is just a rehearsal for the next attempt, then, you, you know, they're going to learn from their mistakes, assumedly, if they're still walking the streets, if they're still allowed to be out there. And right. I don't know whether that's going to happen or not, but... Um, uh, back to the the uh, the, the German uh, analogy here. Um, we like to think of well. Here's what happened in Germany. Um, Hitler came along and uh, he was tricky, 
and he figured out how to use the system um, to attain power. Uh, end of story. Okay, so like Germany, we have better safeguards. It can't just happen here. But it's not quite true. It's not quite true like that at all. You have to look at the timeline. It was a 10-year gap from his first attempt to where he became persona non grata and had nothing going on to circumstances being ripe for him to, to make the comeback, the depression at the end of the 20s into the 30s, and to be able to, 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 to blame the stab in the back after World War I. But he bided his time. But we're not on that timeline at all right now, okay? Because we can see in front of our eyes the plotting and scheming to overthrow our government right now, if not by a direct physical assault on the United States Capitol again a second time. You never do the same thing twice. You, they're, they're doing it by going full cockroach through every state, every city, every school board, every elected position possible to try to get sympathizers in there to, when the moment is right, to be able to upset rule of law at all kinds of different levels. And you can upset rule of law. It doesn't have to only happen in Washington, D.C. It can happen everywhere. It, it, it happens in states. It happens with gerrymandering. It happens with judges. It, and, and that's what they're doing. And I don't think we have 10 years to wait mm -mm. for this to either blow up in our face or for us to uh, be able to say, oh, it's, it's a historical moment that, that passed. I don't think we have, I don't think we have 10 years. And uh, the threat is um, still very real. And I think that's part of the point of, of prosecuting these people. And that's been the criticism of Merrick Garland is hurry, 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 hurry. Um, I, I do believe that in the end, Merrick Garland is going to get the job done and prosecute these people. But then, you know, the, the real fly in the ointment is the, the backpedaling and the excuse making and all this other stuff from that pronouncement on Saturday that Donald Trump's going to uh, pardon the January 6th rioters, the, the insurrectionists. And you see every again, I think you're right. You have to ask every Republican that you see in every hall of Congress, everywhere you can. Do you think that they should be pardoned? Do you think that that's an appropriate thing if Donald Trump gets back into office? And then the hamana, 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 hamana. Watch them try to stutter over that and try to explain it and try to minimize that. 